All right, so we're going to try moonshine. We can't Legit Tennessee moonshine. Yep. Jim says we can't drink it out of the glass. We have nope. to drink it out of the sketchy, right out of the jar. The sketchy so, bowl jar. What do all the bubbles mean? Like, I mean, like, I've heard, like, more bubbles, the better, right? Yeah, there's there are two sizes, small, tight, little bubbles, and then larger, big bubbles. So if you shake that and all the bubbles rise to the top and then dissipate, that's the uh, indication of how pure it is. The more, the larger the bubbles, the more they stick around like a Coke, more impurities it has. <laughs> I, just, I just shook it in there. There were no bubbles. There were bubbles. In well, the like barely way. any. All right. Go ahead. Also, I, I want... <laughs> Look at the cap. It just says... Ball 40 B-Day. It just says 40th B-Day in Sharpie. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about it. Jim, have you had this? Yeah, that was uh, for my 40th. And it's like, take a sip. Just, you know, take a taste. Don't take a guzzle. Do you know what the proof is on this? To be honest with you, I don't. Uh, my brother knows. <laughs> a lot. That makes it more um, legit. Yeah. In, <laughs> we have no idea what, yeah. how strong this is. All right. Uh, go ahead, right. guy. Uh. Holy shit. Dude, that is, that is the smoothest... Oh, wow, that corn, dude! That that yep. is the smooth. I doesn't it doesn't burn at all, right? Going down on the palate anywhere. Damn! Holy cow! Yeah, that's crazy. Just it, like it looks old. like water. I oh. was expecting it to like kick my ass, like but, rubbing alcohol. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I was expecting it to be like a you know one sixty proof. You know, just burn my entire insides. Yeah. Nope. Well, the scary thing is that it might be 160 proof. <laughs> we, I didn't taste that. Wow. Welcome to Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Joined here by my dear friend, Scotch Guy. Hello. Scotch guy, can you stop rooting through the uh, the liquor selection and talk to us for a few minutes? <laughs> it's such a good selection, I, I can't help but to root through it. I mean, wow. Hey, thanks for joining us so today. Um, Alex couldn't come with us, so uh, I decided to give you a call, and I'm glad I did give you a call. Dude, I'm, I'm glad you gave me a call, too. I would have uh, not really been doing anything this rainy Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Definitely not drinking this type of whiskey and consuming the other types of consumables in store on the show. And mm. I think that should lead us into our, our, our guest that we have here today. Indeed um, it would. This guest has opened up his home to us, opened up his liquor cabinet, opened up his smoker to us. I and, mean, And his humidor. And his humidor. Um, Jim Crichton. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Uh, Jim, thanks for having us. I mean, this Appreciate is it. A hell of a lineup of whiskey we have in front of us. <laughs> These are some really damn good cigars. Yeah, thanks. And that's not even the reason we're here today. I mean, no. this is just a perk of the uh, the gig. Um, Jim, you are a pitmaster, self-proclaimed pitmaster. Yep. Would we call you the pitmaster king of Ellisville? Can we call you that? Yeah, we can go ahead and we can go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, sure, there you know there are plenty of people that'll say, "Yeah, he's he's good," and plenty of people that'll say, "I have no idea who the heck that guy is." 
Well, we'll call you the king of Ellisville. Then. The yeah. king yeah. of barbecue in Ellisville. Um, and if anyone wants to dispute that, we can have a barbecue cook-off and, you know... I'd love we'll it. be and the judges in that. <laughs> yeah, invite us and uh, make sure you provide us whiskey and scotch if you want a uh, uh, a fair judging. Air quotes. Nice. So, Jim, you've invited us to your house for a fun afternoon. Uh, we're sitting out here on your back patio. It just started raining, so our listeners may hear some of that amazing rain in the background, some thunder, you know. Yeah. It's just a damn good Sunday. This is how Sunday should be. This is a Sunday fun day, as they say. Every yeah. Sunday. Yep. Yes. So, Jim, kind of tell us how you got your start in barbecue. Well, let's see. Um, we moved out here in, let me see, November of 14. So it was that spring, summer of 15 that I finally really was like, I want to try smoking some pork. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. was never, you know, raised around barbecue. Uh you know, my old man was former Navy, so everything that went on a in-ground in gas grill was cooked to where it was shoe leather. Um, but I've always seen stuff. I've you know, good barbecue sounds great. My brother and his buddies they all made great meat. And after you know decades of consuming their labor and never really repaying them, I really wanted to have the ability to say, "Hey, I, I made some pulled pork." You know, or I made some ribs. So my brother was always great with ribs. His buddy Whittington was great with huge chunks of meat, and I was just great at eating it all. So, uh, <laughs> that, which is a skill in itself. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're, you know, you're really not doing anything right until you get the meat sweats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I ended up just buying a fifty dollar Craigslist. You know smoker slash grill it was a char griller um that you get from like the big box stores you know lowe's and home depot yeah and um learned quickly that it had no it could not retain heat it was not airtight at all um but on that i learned okay pork butts chicken thighs chicken legs chicken wings stuff like that and um that led into buying a kamado style grill the acorn another big box store thing so figured why invest thousands of dollars on something that you're really still learning so 300 bucks for a acorn kamado style you know grill smoker uh and that's where i started to kind of really learn and and just learn by doing Mm -hmm. the pork butts so People started telling me that it was really good. Uh, went through a period of really uh, allowing my head to swell, believing everything that everybody was telling me. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, uh, wanting to do more. You know, and I always heard, and through the years of reading barbecue and watching, you know, barbecue pitmasters on whatever channel, travel or food or, you know, cooking channel, and just going, man, that looks like a lot of fun. You know, there's there's planning beforehand, there's proper equipment, there's everything you're doing during the day, knowing that you want everybody to eat at 5 o'clock, then, you know, meat has to come off at this time, and, and you're planning which, which meat goes on here, and, you know, it's just all of that. So, that's all got started with a $50 Craigslist piece of crap. 
So you're <laughs> what we would truly say self-taught. Self-taught. Like, yep, self-taught 100%. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of kept growing. And then it went from the acorn to buying any and every kind of smoker that I was seeing on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace that I thought was cool that I wanted something that was more traditional that, you know, burned wood, uh, instead of, um, you know, just charcoal on a side firebox. I really wanted to kind of experiment. So, um, 2016, I had upwards of 15 smokers. Oh <laughs> shit. I was just married. Nice. And my wife told me, they go or you go. Which one do you want? <laughs> now, we all know I wasn't going to go anywhere, but I, just, I, I hedged the bet for a while, and then I finally said, okay, it's time to – I'm not using them all. You know, like, like Bert used to say, when I had 20 pairs of skates and, you know, 200, 400 sticks and gloves, and, you know, he used to always tell me on game day skates, Big Jim, you can only wear one pair at a time. And we so. should say, for our, our listeners right. outside of St. Louis, Bert is Bert Godin, who is the, I believe he's the old equipment manager for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, yep. This is the second year he's been retired. And he was one of the longest tenured equipment manager in the NHL. And I helped him out for six years just being in the room, practices, game days, all that kind of stuff. Because, um, as he said, um, I'm organized. I know my equipment. But I wasn't ever chasing the players. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, they got a job to do. They get paid a lot of money, um, and they their job is performed in the eye of the public. So, so did anything you pick up working with Bert and through NHL hockey and anything? Did that go into you becoming a better smoker? Like just that preparation was, and all was, that? Yeah, it was the organization um, because you can't just sit there and say. Oh, I'm going to smoke some ribs, you know, and I did that. Right, I right. got a pair, I got a set of beef ribs and I had my Weber downstairs, uh, on the patio out back. And, you know, I told my wife, we're going to have some beef ribs, man. I saw it on a show. I Googled, how do you do it? This is where the arrogance was at its highest. <laughs> and, uh, I think we ended up eating finally at 1030 and, um, you know, I was doing the two zone cooking on the Weber, and I thought I, I knew exactly what I was doing. I had no freaking clue. That was my first time ever doing beef anything. Uh, and I learned quickly um, about proper rendering of fat, the connective tissue that's in a lot of the, the barbecue meats. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been humbled. But, yeah, you take that organization from, you know, your old school retail days growing up. And then, you know, life takes you through so many different avenues that, you know, Bert was a very organized guy. Um, and at that time, I didn't ever really truly want to make that a career. But, you know, I, I skated with the Blues alumni for several years. A couple of guys were in real estate, and that's how real estate kind of came together. And, you know, that was the boring side of life. So barbecue turned into this little hobby, this little scratch that just was annoying me. So I ended up saying, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And then it's kind of turned into a hobby that is just, as my wife is 
really started to understand has become a full-blown passion. And now it's, it's trending in the direction of becoming a full-blown career. So my mind, take it one step at a time. Learn everything you can along the way. Um, and fail forward, hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, barbecue was never anything ever, anybody would have thought to associate with, with Big Jim. So my first, quote, unquote, you know, using the air quotes, um, first uh, fictitious name for a company was uh, Big Jim's Big Butts Barbecue. And that's when I was just doing pork butt and brisket for the guys up at the Elks Lodge. And, you know, I'd bring it up there on a patio on a really nice, you know, fall or spring, summer kind of day. And we'd eat. Um, but now, you know, I, I had to, I really felt like I, it, I don't think it can really keep that name and, like, actually form a company based off of Big Jim's Big Butts Barbecue. <laughs> Although that was my first thing was pork butts. I think some people might look at that and go, yeah, that's not going to fly. Let your food do the talking. That's all you got to do. Well, yeah. and that's where, you know, I researched Aaron Franklin and what he did and, and um, or what he does, I should say, for a while. Um, almost, almost about two years. Just, you know, how do you do a brisket? How do you do all this kind of stuff? And because um, I didn't really want to pay 100 bucks for a piece of meat and screw it all up. That is my biggest fear. Like, yeah. I, I've never done a brisket because I am too scared to spend 100 bucks on a piece of meat and have it come out tasting like shoe leather. I mean, it's, it's so much money. That, like, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, it'd be like buying a nice bottle of scotch and not knowing how to enjoy it and just, I'm just going to mix it with Coke. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Mm, this oh. log of woolen. Yeah, I'm going to put a handful of, you know, ice cubes in there and then I'm going to put, you know, Diet <laughs> Coke in and, Jesus, and I'm huh? having scotch. No, you're having your ass out of my house. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about um, not doing brisket. I didn't have anywhere to turn. Nobody to, to tell me anything about brisket. So that's why I did a lot of the research, you know, reading what he does, learning about what to look for in brisket, the proper equipment, watching all his YouTube videos. Um, part of what I do, and everything's informal with Creighton Barbecue. Um, I'm just a guy. I love doing it. I love putting the meat in front of people and seeing what their reaction is going to be. Hopefully, it's good. And the running joke with my wife is, as long as it's edible. If it's not edible, there's always pizza. So... Um, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people ask me questions. You know, Friday night I was at St. Catherine and the people reading the pulled pork and the brisket and I was giving them the burnt ends and I was educating them about it and talking and, you know, people said exactly what you said. I've always wanted to try it, um, but I was, I, I just didn't want to screw it up. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than trying something and going, all right, now I'm just pissed. Yeah. So... That's kind of what I guess the majority of what I do is I kind of help educate people one-on-one -on -one in a casual setting, you know, come to your house, come over here, you know, and just, hey, let's see what you're working with, and this is what I've learned, and this is going to help, you know, help you, you know, and let's try a piece of meat, go from there. I've had guys that have smoked meats for 30 years, 
um, my first charity event for Backstoppers last summer, um, buddy of mine was taking all the pictures, and he's like, this is the best brisket I've ever had. And I got, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I appreciate that. You know, thanks. You know, I don't want to ever go through the swelling of the head again. But he's like, next time you do a brisket, let me know, and I want to come over, and I want to be there when you take it out of the fridge so the time you put it on the smoker. And I kind of looked at him and was like, Cam, you've been barbecuing, like, traditional barbecue for 30 years. What do you, what can I teach you? And he did. Next time I did a brisket, he came over and from taking it out of the cryovac and trimming the fat and, you know, cutting some of the deckle off and seasoning it and then, you know, having the, the smoker fired up already and going through the, you know, getting the dirty smoke out to putting it in there and how to put it in the smoker, you know, to taking it off, you know, the next day. Um, after that, he was texting, calling, going, dude, I tried this. I put mustard on it as a binder. And, like, all of a sudden he was reinvigorated on barbecue. Yeah. So that excited me because it's like, hey, here's a guy that I respect and who should be teaching me. And he picked up something that I didn't know or yeah. try. So, Well, it's a good lesson, you know. Like, that guy's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. And he's still – He's still willing to learn from someone that hasn't been doing it for very long. Like that's super cool. Yeah, I agree. I I was I was dumbfounded, um, but you know, it's um, I what I've learned outside looking in is that the barbecue barbecue community is pretty tight, tightly. It's a, a close. I don't know how to put it. It's a community. Yeah, close community, yeah. you know, real tight-knit. Um, and they're not afraid to, to share, you yeah. know. I mean, I definitely see – you see that a lot in St. Louis-style yeah. barbecue. I mean, we were talking before we started recording tonight, you know. It all started out of, like, one major barbecue place, and now there's, what, 12, 13 different places here in St. Louis yeah. that – yeah. They're all out of, like, one central guy who started it, who taught, and then they all branched out, kind of. I mean, that, yep. I think that's the cool part about what we have up here in St. Louis. I mean, um, some of our listeners know, like, the distilleries, they do the same thing as well. Like, Heaven Hill in 96 had a huge fire. It destroyed millions of gallons of whiskey and bourbon and all that. And some of the other distilleries stepped in and helped them out. Nice. I mean, like... I think that's what's cool about, like, what you were talking about, that community and all that kind of stuff. So, sidebar. When people go, what kind of barbecue do you have? I usually tell them it's stuff you can't find in St. Louis. And they kind of look at me cross-eyed like, what the hell does that mean? You know, and I do Central Texas brisket. And I do East North Carolina pulled pork. And then my spare ribs, or, you know, do the St. Louis cut if you don't want the rib tips. Um, I just kind of do a hodgepodge of dry rub, and that's it. I don't sauce them, um, I don't glaze them, but after having, you know, the glaze, it kind of brought me back to one of the guys down in Texas, Cosmos Q. He does a lot of glazes. And I'm like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. But it's something that just adds a little bit of, uh, it's an accentuation of the taste of the meat. And the meat's got to be the first thing you taste. And what I found was St. Louis, historically, was everything was this mixed between KC barbecue and Memphis barbecue and everything had a quarter inch of sauce 
all over it. And it had to be malls, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had to be yeah. malls barbecue sauce on it. Yep. Dude, I can only I can only stomach malls with like shoe leather type pork steaks. I think it's just Ooh. how I grew up, but like with grandpa like frying the best catfish and then just the worst pork steaks. Mm. But I but I love them. Like it's not good. But but I I'll eat a pork steak any day of the week. Just I nostalgic, I guess. I, I don't know. But you have to have malls on a pork steak. You have to have malls on a pork steak. Pork steaks, I will smoke them and then do a reverse sear on them. Ooh. And Ooh. there's that caramelization on them. And people complain, like, you know, come on, just, you know, like my brother-in-law, last time we were out at the farm, my father-in-law's, I'm like, what's taking so long? They're pork steaks. I'm like, uh-huh, you just wait. <laughs> and they put them out for everybody, and they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, yes, this is how, plus the pork steaks I bought were, you know, they were a finger and a half. Oh, yeah. So they're proper cut instead of some of the stuff you get at, you know, like a local grocery store that's, you know, like three sheets of loose leaf paper thick. Yep. Um, but it turned out great. And then, I, you know, I do from time to time after they're smoked and before I do the reverse sear on them, I will do a thin glaze of barbecue sauce. Ooh. And I'll take a sauce, like a real heavy molasses style sauce. And I can't remember the one that I use, but I, I can't stand it alone, you know, by itself. But then I'll, I'll cut it with like uh, Frank's red hots and it thins everything out. And it kind of offers another element to the pork, but you're still tasting the meat, but then you have this thin glaze that when you put it over the, the coals, it just gives that caramelization, you know? So, yeah, I know you I got mean, a list of questions, but you're talking to a Scots Irish guy, and you know I, I I love it. I love it. I think before we go any farther, though, we have to let Guy open this bottle if you're okay with it. He is like sitting here oh, giddily man. bouncing up and down. Yeah, you pulled this out of your basement. Yep, and I, Guy, your drop, your jaw almost <laughs> dropped. Like my, uh, I mean, if we weren't amazed already by the generosity that you've given us, Jim, this, from what you've told me, Guy. Is amazing. So, so this is. Uh, first of all, I was I was overjoyed when we walked out to Jim's porch and he said, uh, "Yeah, I'm a single malt guy." And I was like, "Yes!" Oh, I was so happy because for the first time on the podcast, Kevin's outnumbered <laughs> for the first time. And so, uh, so we're Jim takes us down to his uh, to his man cave and his wow. secret bunker. Yep, and uh, the office. Yes, the office, <laughs> and. Uh, and he starts first. He takes us to his humidor and gets us these great cigars, and then uh, and which then he, what do you have by the way? Over uh, there? This is a I don't really know what this is. It's, it's a, a JR um, alternative. All right. So what this is is it's an alternative to the Arturo Fuente Hemingway. Ah, so okay. torpedo shape yeah. Hemingway's favorite cigar. I forget the ring size. If it was forty six or forty eight. But it's a Maduro wrapper, and it is probably one of the easiest smokes out there. Yeah. Um, it's most enjoyable for me because it's actually fun to light with, you know, the torpedo tip on the end. But it's just such a smooth, easy smoke. So you and I got the JRs. Yep. Plus they're, I think, 350 Yeah, they're not, they're not expensive. No. I've seen them. I don't think I've ever had one before. But, I mean, this yeah. is a great cigar, especially for 350 I mean, Yeah. That's a... And, and I forget what I got you. Kevin's, uh, I, Kevin's uh, smoking a Rocky Patel Connecticut, yeah. which is a phenomenal cigar. Like, those are, those are one of my favorite cigars. This is really good. I yeah. mean, 
I'm normally a I like to do the the bourbon soaked cigars. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen those. Yeah. Um, I had a really good one from Hartfield and Co. down in Kentucky. They've got really, a, yeah. Ooh, that um, sounds good. We might have to chat with them in a little while. Um, <laughs> yes, but they've got some really good dipped uh, cigars nice. and all that down there. That so easy. Um, so we're gonna do a we're gonna do a cork pop on uh, a special. Actually, we got three bottles that Jim has never opened, um, and uh, so we've got two scotches out here, and then uh, a couple different bourbons and. A mason jar. And a mason jar. Uh, Uh, I'll be honest, I'm a a little nervous about um, the mason jar, but I'm also equally excited. It looks like pure water in that mason jar until you shook it up, and uh, it is how us from Tennessee get our our corn, as the old saying goes. So we're going to do a cork pop on this Lagavulin 16, which is just, I mean, if you are, uh, even if you don't like scotch, like... This is yeah, Kevin. <laughs> this is this is an amazing scotch. It's a it's like a staple in any scotch connoisseur's cabinet. Like six Lagavulin well, sixteen is just an amazing scotch. So here we go. There it was. That was a good one. I hope you can hear it through that pop filter. Uh, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, maybe it's a cork pop filter. Yeah, smell the. Kevin, uh, mm, that goes so well with a cigar. I was going to say, like, I, b- I bet that you like this with a cigar. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not, the smokiness is perfect with it. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you're just getting, you know, thank you. I figured a little crystal would be all right. Oh, yeah, of course. To, uh, I mean, we're super fancy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Well, before Guy was popping it, I made the remark of, oh, yeah, we forgot the other three bottles inside. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a, a Peg Lake Porker, yeah. a Balvenie, uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Pick from Lucas Liquor here in St. Yep. Louis. I mean, damn. Oh, it's so good on the nose. It's so good. It smells like an ocean. Dude. Bogavulin. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so is this the Ron Swanson? Yes. Okay. Yes, this is Ron Swanson's whiskey. Okay. The YouTube video it's just of Ron Swanson sitting outside of the Lagavulin mm. distillery yes. on New Year's. Just like, is it's he outside of the distillery or is, he down, or is he downtown somewhere? I don't remember. No, he's outside the distillery for three hours he, just, just drinking. Just drinking. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, a, I mean, goals. The nose smells like I'm at the ocean, though. Like, I mean, it's got that salty freshness. Yep. Mm. That that's that's an Isla staple, definitely. That is like you get that in the Lafroig, but you you get way more. Oh man, the finish on this is I forgot I haven't had sixteen in a while. Uh, the Lafroig. So we have a Lafroig ten right here too, which is by far I think the best budget Scotch you can buy. It's like forty bucks, yeah. and <clears throat> if you can find it, uh, you can usually find it for thirty-five on sale. Sometimes, I, like I said, down in the office, I like it better than fifteen. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's, I, mm. it, it's it's a great, it's super strong. Like, if you aren't sure if you like Isla's, like that's that is the that's the most 
scotchy scotch scotch that you can that you can get. Oh yeah, I, think. I will agree 100 percent with that. I just took my first sip. <laughs> um, so while we're enjoying all this, um, you do a lot of catering, Jim. So how? I wouldn't say a lot. Okay. But, no, I but, do. I do. I what I like. I was telling the guys at um, St. Catherine on Friday night. Everybody was mesmerized by the food, and that's not arrogance talking. It's just, I guess, a little bit of pride that people actually enjoy it. So hopefully, you guys enjoy. Yeah. What what I I, I cooked up today, but people ask, you know, what do you do? And I've done private private parties from fifteen guys, you know, thirty people to. 200. Um, I am usually contacted by people I know or people that know me through someone else to cook for them because they don't want to cook. You know, um, I've had people call me saying, you know, Big Jim, you know, my wife doesn't want to, we were having everybody over this Christmas. We don't want to, we don't want to cook. Can you do something? So, that's how that's what I'm doing, and that's kind of one of those things by you learn by doing uh one of the things that I uh picked up on quickly because my wife is super smart um she always told me cook to the audience because hmm. I always cook the way I like it. not everybody has the same taste buds as me because most of my taste buds are shot, so when I do Mexican, I do shredded chicken and you know, I have jalapenos in there and stuff. It might be too hot for people. Yeah. Um, so when it's really bland to me or zero taste, it's right at that threshold of really good with a lot of heat to it that most people can eat. When it comes to barbecue, I've really just kept it as simple as possible on um, everything. You know, my East North Carolina pulled pork, I have the traditional uh, finishing sauce, which is apple cider vinegar crushed red pepper, kosher salt, and fresh ground black pepper. You let that marinate in the fridge for a week, and all those flavors meld together. And people always ask, why? It's, you know, it's vinegar. I go, well, here's the thing. Pork is very rich. Yeah. Traditionally, East North Carolina, the Carolinas were whole hog. Mm-hmm. So southern uh, South Carolina and a little bit of west, the region of west, North Carolina had a little bit more mustard to it. And then the further west you go, you get a little bit more ketchup based. Mm-hmm. But there's still the vinegar. The vinegar helps cut some of that richness, and it just is a great partnership. Yeah. And it all, you know, for things to be good, it's got to look good, smell good. Bottom line, taste good. Yeah. So, yeah. how does that go about? How do you go about planning an event? So, let's say I call you up and I'm like, Jim, I'm having 20 people over to my, my parents' house. You know, we're, we're having, you know, this barbecue extravaganza. What, what are we going to talk about if we start planning something out? Uh, I'm going to try and ask you as much as possible. I'll uh, either over the phone or sit down with you and go, okay, I do want to know the layout of the footprint of the house. You know, uh, the time of year, am I going to be serving outside, inside? What works best? Um, because what happens when I'm actually there, I, I will bring everything, uh, in the dry coolers and I will slice everything live. The brisket live, the, the pork is pulled live, the ribs are cut live. Hmm. Um, first off, people know it's fresh. 
but most importantly, people are looking at it going, what are you doing? Hmm. What is that? So when I pull the pork, and that's usually the first thing I do, uh, when the bone pulls out, you know, I got my gloves on, I got my glove liners, my orange, you know, gloves, food gloves, and they see me pull it out of the dry cooler, it's on my cutting board, and then they see that bone come out, and they're like, what the what? Um, <laughs> then I start, usually if people are standing around, I will, I will, you know, opposite end of the pork butt from the bone is the money muscle. And people always look at me like, what, what the hell is that? Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard that term. So Money muscle? Yeah. Okay. Same. Um, it is a, a muscle the, uh, on the pork butt that is heavily, um, a lot of fat striations through it. Okay. Next time you're Costco or wherever and you see the packages of pork butts, find the bone and then look at the other end and go, Oh, and if it's really large and you can see a lot of it, it's going to be a big money muscle. They haven't cut off a lot of it. The butcher hasn't, you know, sliced a lot off. So you take that off, and if you've done it right, you can literally get your fingers behind the money muscle. Pull it out as one. Put it on the cutting board. Slice it in, you know, um, half-inch slices, and then hand it to people. And you've got that natural bark on one side, and then the rest of it is just so tender and juicy it it should physically and theoretically melt in your mouth. Really? They call it the money muscle because a lot of times in barbecue competitions, that can be the winning pork m- muscle that you put in a, a, a case for the judges hmm. that will win. It'll make or break you. So that's why if, if you win and your money muscle's in there, that is something that pulls you, pushes you over the top. That and tubes... Muscle tubes, big long tubes in the in the pork butt, and you can see all of this when you look at a pork steak. Look at a pork steak next time; you'll see the Y shaped shoulder bone. Yeah, and then you'll see all these little, you know, little circular pieces, you know, different sizes mm-hmm. throughout the whole uh, pork butt or the pork steak. And at the other end, of, from the the uh, the shoulder bone, you'll see this like crescent shaped crescent moon shaped other piece of muscle that's the money muscle okay and all those tubes went in a pork butt you can pull them out and again you slice them up and you i slice that stuff up and i hand it to people and try this i've never had the you know i've never had pulled pork i've never had brisket or i've had it and i don't like it you know it it all sucks really shut up put this in your mouth (laughs) oh my god that's so good (laughs) is one of the questions you ask will there be any vegans there and how do you ask them to leave? You know, is that <laughs> okay? Now you brought that up. Um, this I can actually have validated by my wife. This this summer at her uncle's Sunset Hills, uh, one of her cousins uh, it was first birthday for her 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 boy, her little boy. So she asked me if I would do the barbecue again. So yeah, okay, brisket, pulled pork, ribs, sixty people. Two of the people there. We're vegetarians. They were going back for seconds on the brisket, the pulled pork, and the ribs. Wow. Oh, jeez. I shit you not. This is not <laughs> arrogance like, oh, yeah, you know, listeners going, whatever. This guy, he's so full of it. My wife, being inside, could come out and go, yeah. Yeah, they both were like, holy crap, this is the best we've ever had. And you look at it and go, cool. More to your point, 
if people are there that are vegan or vegetarian or don't eat meat, the joke is you're in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. Sorry about your luck. Um, <laughs> but I do accommodate, you know, because I ask people, hey, you know, are there allergies? Is there somebody who's gluten intolerant? Yeah, yeah. You know? And um, somebody asked me that Friday at St. Catherine. You know, someone with celiac disease wants to try your pork and your beef, can they? I'm like, yeah. There's no gluten in meat. Yeah. You know, I'm not rolling this in flour. I'm not, this yeah. isn't me in the electric skillet frying up chicken thighs and legs. Yeah. Old school Tennessee style. But, you know, just want to make sure. Again, it goes back to the cook to the audience. Right. So. So you're like a, you're like a barbecue mercenary. I like um, that term. That's a great term. That's, that's, hmm. that's what you are. You're, you're a, a hired gun, like barbecue mercenary. I like that. Okay. King Barbecue. Bar, I don't know. We have to incorporate So king we have into King that. of Ellisville Barbecue yeah. Mercenary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's a lot to put on a bumper sticker, but or I mean, a yeah. business card, but hey, it's powerful, you know. Well, you know what's funny? Small is print. I, you know, people are always like, get a buddy that I ask, hey, when you're messing around, you got downtime, which you really doesn't have any, but, um, you know, shoot me some graphics. Here are the ideas that I had visually, you know, email them over. And he emails me back stuff. And um, he's like, you got to come up with a tagline. You got to do this. And I'm like, eh, I resisted all that. And then it came to me earlier this summer. And I'm like, the most talked about barbecue you've never heard of. That's great. I'm like, that's creating barbecue because, A, I'm not out there in the public eye. I don't have a brick and mortar you know, I don't have a restaurant. That's usually the first question that I get. Where's your restaurant? <laughs> no. Quickest way to go bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the yeah. St. Louis marketplace because it's oversaturated with barbecue. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm not independently wealthy. So, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Um, but over the last year, I've started kind of looking at it more and more like, hmm, could I make that happen? Food truck. Thought about that, too. I've had people tell me the same thing. Because uh, the way you're describing these tacos, like, you could just park the food truck out in front of my house on a Saturday and, you know. We you like just... the ice cream man? Exactly. Dude, that's <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there, <laughs> man. Do some scrambled eggs with some chorizo oh in the gosh. beginning. And then you do some brisket. And yeah. You do some... Oh, damn. My goodness yep. gracious. Yes. I make an omelet every morning for my wife. Nice. Yep. Every morning. I bet that's a really good omelet. I hope she eats it. So. She eats it every morning. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah, it's got to be good. She's not ordering pizza. <laughs> so, I'm like, hey, it's edible. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of good. I I know, get sidetracked, but like I said, Scott's Irish. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the extent if you want to call it catering, so to okay. speak. But um, you know, in the in the moment of pulling the pork, you know, like I said, the money muscle. When I slice the brisket, um, the first couple slices on the flat, you know, you can give off as, as little samplings. Uh, then people are asking what I'm doing and what I'm cutting. And then, you know, cutting the, the point, you know, cutting off, you know, the the burnt ends. And people are like, oh, I've had burnt ends. I know what they are. And then you give them something. They're like, what's that? And that's a burnt end. Yeah. And they're like, huh? Little Just drops of mouth. gold from heaven. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is the quintessential piece of the cow that you want to go that's what i want and when done right from my point of view 
when done right, it should melt in your mouth. That fat is rendered. It's got a great bark on it. It's got great flavor, but it's not something that you've cubed, put back into a pan, sauced it, and then put it back into the smoker. I know a lot of people like to do that. Right. You know, the candied beef and the candied, you know, pork belly stuff. But I just like, for me, that's what I like. So that's where I just kind of, I guess, keep it on a traditional. I could be wrong. I don't know. Hmm. What do I know? (laughs) So how do you go about, so like we kind of talked about like you do this questionnaire and all that kind of stuff. And when do you start preparing for that event? Like Um, how many days out? How many weeks out? Like. Well, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, there's a member at the lodge. Uh, we had a lodge appreciation in maybe February, March, and she was there. I uh, that was I cooked for 200 people. Um, 165 came through, and the food was gone in 45 minutes. So she was one of the ladies that was like, "Holy cow, this is really good." Um, she had called the office wanting my contact information, got it, contacted me and said, hey, I'm having a party, my husband's 75th in October. Again, this is probably like April by this point that we're talking. Okay, how many people? And it started at 75 people. And it's actually gotten whittled down to about 45, 40 to 45 people. Through, you know, through talking with her, what do you have in mind? What do you want? You know, how are these people? You know, she's like, oh, they're eaters. Don't worry. Okay. So just through those conversations, no real formal questionnaire, but I just know the information that I need um, because I'm going to need to go out and get brisket and I want to get them wet aged so that they're tenderized. And then, you know, I've picked out the briskets the way I want where it's got a healthy point on it. It's got a flat that's consistently thick and heavily marbled. Um and then I've got, you know, pork butts. In this case, she's not doing pork butts, but the spare ribs. And, you know, I can have everything at my ready. So that way, you know, like we were talking earlier, the big Rebel 32 is going to get fired up. And I know at this time I have to put the briskets on. It's going to take, you know, 16, 20 hours for them to get done properly, get the fat rendered, connective tissue rendered, and then get those into a dry cooler. Because I know I got to be at, you know, Elks Lodge number nine at three thirty for, a, you know, five thirty six o'clock party. I want to have everything there, and then I know I'll have everything set up: my chafing dishes, my cutting boards, all the knives, have everything laid out, so that when people start getting there, you know, the brisket comes out. Yeah, and then the show starts, and that's when the the education part of it comes into. Comes so into it's. Play. It's very time-consuming is what you're saying. Like you're – Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's very time-consuming, but you got to – just got to know, and that's through the trial and error on trying to do beef ribs. Like you think you can, you know, get a set of beef ribs done. You learn, you you figure things out by, by screwing up. And my first brisket I ever did was August of 2016. Okay. And that was for my father-in-law's 80th birthday party. So that was also one of the first parties trying to figure out, okay, we got 45 people coming, you know, either more people are going to show or not as many. So how many briskets do you do? How many pork butts, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a lot of thinking, Hmm. which 
you know, is kind of scary considering all the hockey concussions I've had. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a that's an interesting note. Like something you've been saying is, uh, you know, the the educate the the teaching part starts. Like, oh, you know, we get this done and then get the brisket out, and that's when the teaching start. The teaching, pff, I can't say that. The teaching portion starts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, you know, Kevin's a teacher and uh, and I'm a private instructor, and so I I think it's really cool. That you don't just show up and feed people and that you're just like, screw it, that's it. You actually care about informing the client and all the guests about what they're eating, like how to, what to expect. Um, because you are, you're going against a lot of really bad uh, experience, really bad connotations of different barbecue, you know, burn ins. Yeah, people are expecting something that's just like a, a just, meat cube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meat cube covered in sauce and you know whatever. And uh, I think it's really neat that you're giving people. People are getting like a really a whole package when they have you come and cater their party. I I appreciate that. I I it's one of the things I picked up from Aaron Franklin in seeing not only his videos, but then he always there are so many videos out there on YouTube of him showing people around all his smokers. Yeah. Taking time out of his day. Yeah. Uh, in his night and, and just talking with people. And I'm like, all right, so this guy's won a James Beard award. That's huge. Um, highly unusual that a barbecue guy would do that. Uh, a friend of mine just won his James Beard last year. Uh, Kevin Nash and owns Sydney street okay. and head chef down there. So it takes a lot to get there, but the guy gives back, you know, and I, I've heard him say there, there aren't any secrets in barbecue. It's smoke, heat, time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So the biggest thing is patience and knowing what you're working with, how to do it, and what your end, end result wants to be. But if a guy like that who has a business that has lines out the door for hours, when, you know, who am I, some schmuck here in St. Louis that's, just trying to emulate his style of brisket, Central Texas stuff. Who am I to not be, you know, who am I to be standoffish? That's just, you know, that's just a dick move, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Huge worshipers of Aaron Franklin on this show. Like, nice. That his barbecue manifesto is my barbecue Bible. Yeah. Like, I love that book. I will refer to that book. Um, it looks like a college textbook for me because I've got everything highlighted in it. I've got, um, but I love that you're using his styles and his practice and all that and trying to bring that up to here in St. Louis. I mean, we just don't have that. And yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, it's funny you mentioned the, the book because I, you know, I got it electronically and I would read it till two o'clock in the morning in bed. And as I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh, my God, he and I have had a lot of similar experiences getting started. And I look at me as I'm at the stage of, you know, his big, his second big party he threw at the house because the first one was like a disaster. The second big one where it was much better and everybody's like, oh, my God, you got to do that. And it started leading towards that little food trailer. Uh-huh. That's where I look at it and go, who knows? I haven't read the I haven't read uh, the, I haven't read the book and God, it's probably been about a year. But that's where I look at it and go, huh, a lot of similarities. 
and unintentional. But I think there's only one way to truly do something, and that's just to continue to to learn along the way. Yeah. Um, that's why I reach out to you guys. Like, yeah. hey, you know, when you guys ask if you're a professional, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> By what standards? Semi? <laughs> and it's funny. When you asked me that, I told my wife that you asked me, I'm like, I hope he doesn't think that, like, I'm trying to vent guests and all that kind of stuff. But I like to know, you know, kind of do my research, you know, before coming in doing a podcast and all that kind of stuff. Well, and I, that to get to know you because, I mean, yeah. I think this has been – I mean, we're at an hour recording right now. I feel like we've been talking for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, this has been fantastic. So, break here. You've okay. got some delicious meat you've prepared for us. Yeah. Um, I want to try it because now I'm really hungry. Let's enjoy some of your barbecue. Okay, cool. This episode of Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue is brought to you by The Restory. For the past few weeks, Alex and I have been working with Davin Shaw, a true Kentucky colonel, and his company, The Restory, to create the perfect accent piece for our man caves. Alex and I have been looking at what we could do to take our passion and love for whiskey and to transform it into some home decor, and Davin was able to take that love and make these amazing lamps. The Restory is a family-owned company that takes old whiskey bottles and transforms them into amazing decor pieces that even your wife will let you have around the house. Right now, Davin and his team are working on some new products, like their Half Moon Barrel Illuminations, which is a great bar topper, floating shelf, or office bar, if you can get away with that. So I encourage you to go to www.therestory.com or check them out on Instagram at the underscore restillery. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y to check out their amazing products and see about getting a one-of-a-kind whiskey lamp just for you. And as a listener of Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue, Davin and his team have created a special offer code for you to use at checkout. Using the code SAUCED15 will get you 15% off your whiskey lamp. Again, that's S-A-U-C-E-D-15 will get you 15% off your whiskey lamp. Make sure you go check out the Restillery and help support an amazing small business. Now let's get back to getting sauced. So we're back after, Jim, you have just fed us. I mean, truly, I, I, I'm at loss of words <laughs> for... Yeah, I don't really know what to say other than, like, hospitality. Like, that's the only word I can think of. Yes, we ate like kings. Well, yeah, I'm glad. Um, so, Jim, you made us a slab of ribs. Yep. What, St. Louis style? Yeah, they're uh, St. Louis cut spare ribs. Okay. Uh, which means basically taking the spare and then cutting the rib tips off. Um, so it's a traditional, you know, straight-edged um, rib. Uh, difference being spare ribs versus baby backs. Spares, for me, a lot more meat. Um fat so that rendering helps you know fat is flavor so i'm packed with flavor um (laughs) but uh then yeah central texas brisket yeah Um, and that was like when you opened it up like the heavens opened up and i was like oh like i mean (laughs) yeah like i mean it might have been guy doing it but you know like no the lights (laughs) got brighter in the room nice um and that was i mean the bark on that and the the burnt ends that you gave us. I mean, literally, you were talking earlier about melt in your mouth. Mm. That 
I'm not even sure like I had to swallow it. Like it just kind of just melted and dissolved and well, cool. Dude, those those burnt ends were like cha- changed my life. Nice. Like I'm not even gonna bother ordering them anywhere. I'm just I'm just gonna call you and be like, hey, whenever your next uh, whenever your next mercenary gig is, just uh, save me like four or five burnt ends, and I'll I'll drive to wherever you are to I've the actually, ends of the earth. I've had people. You know, call or text and be like, hey, can you do a brisket? How much would a brisket be? You know, and I just let them know, here. You know, and if they want it sliced up, then, you know, slice, and I keep everything compacted and wrap it back up, and there you go. So that way they can unwrap it at home, open it up, like I said, there it is, and then just go to town. So you do offer this service? Yeah. that's wow. it. Like I said, everything is, uh, you know, friends, family, people, people yes. you know. Um, so it's not always, you know, you know, everything on a grand scale, but, um, yeah. So I guess what you're telling me is, uh, the food was edible. Um, I would say beyond edible. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I probably could have, uh, sucked on the rib bones a little bit more, like to get all that marrow out. And I mean, that was in the rub too. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit. I mean, we were enjoying this and because you're of the aaron franklin belief that you know you can share anything yeah yeah um we were kind of talking there's some guys out there who like oh i can't tell you it's top secret and all that yeah i'll kill you you know if you (laughs) i tell you but what did you what'd you do on your your meat there so the the brisket was um let me see 11 and a half pounds out of the cryovac and i think it went into the smoker uh a shade over 10 pounds, um, keeping, you know, the proper fat on it. Uh, it's kosher salt and um, the, you know, ground black pepper, coarse ground. Um, so the, the whole point of a rub is there's two things that are really going to get you a, a good bark. Um, keeping it moist, keeping the, the you know, the, the outer skin, so to speak, of the meat moist and a lot of times um, spraying it with a, a bottle of something like uh, I had today was um, apple cider vinegar split, you know, cut with uh, water. And it's just something that it's not really going to impart any kind of flavor. Um, but it, it just is a good thing after after six, seven, eight hours, you know, when you open the the door to check your color and see where you're at. If you're going to get that little pool of fat that's rendered as liquid on that point of the, that area of the flat that kind of curls up a little bit, you get that little puddle there. Um, you know, you're doing something right. And that mahogany color and, you know, just spray it down and then shut the door and walk away. Don't check it for a while again. Um, but the whole point is, you know, instead of having like a really smooth surface, you got to have something, that breaks up the surface. So the smoke, um, the smoother surface, think of an aircraft wing. Smoother surface, easier the, the air and smoke goes over yeah. the surface. If it's rough and coarse, then it's going to, the smoke is going to adhere to it, so to speak. Um, so that's why you have kosher salt and, um, you know, the coarse ground black pepper. Um, and then add to that the moisture. You know, um, when you have a smoker, like 
you know, like the baby stump that I smoked the the brisket and the the rib in. And they're they're all gravity fed smokers. Gravity fed smoker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Stumps was the first one. Uh, he pioneered that, and everybody else was just copied off of him, put their name on it. It's heavily insulated, so you have basically two inches of of rock wool that has anywhere temperature rating from 1200 to 2400 degrees uh, before it ignites so smokers don't ever really get up to that temperature so you have an environment around you know like i said 230 235 is what i smoked him today um today last night today um but the same thing with the rib now the rib was about five hours uh single rib and that had um kosher salt uh, the coarse ground black pepper a little bit of uh garlic powder a little bit of onion powder um stay away from the paprika because the pork rib will create its own coloring i don't want anything to to mask um the color you know make it any darker or more orange or mahogany than it already is so um that's what was on the rib today you know and then the the sauce was the texas style barbecue sauce a little sweet heat for your finishing sauce for the brisket um you know as you saw i had the two picnic buns one bun was flat you know sandwich the other one was a point some pickles on top little texas sauce done um and rib you know i had the carolina um mustard base carolina sauce and that um you know it's a thinner it's a lighter so it doesn't overpower you know what you're putting in your mouth hmm. i mean i i don't i don't have words for it like it was the ribs were so what we were talking about when you were when you were cutting the ribs mm-hmm. um you were saying you, you cut the end off of one and you're like oh dang as you pick up this rib and the meat literally falls off of it and yeah I'm, and you were you were we were asking you that you, that's not really something that saying yeah. that that's not something that you were going for yeah the one the one end i had one rib sticking out and i pulled that out you know and i had a little meat on that and i had that kind of on the cutting board as like a little pulled sampling um and then on which the was amazing end, by the way like thanks. pulled samplings i mean that's the way to go i mean yes yeah i agree um usually when i have my barbecue and i'm feeding friends and family and stuff like that all the you know the times up at the lodge on the patio that's basically all that's left (laughs) so that's what i get to taste yeah is like the stuff that everybody's eaten so much that they can't fit anything else in their stomachs but um the rib the end of the rib by you when i cut it you know, it just, it did, it fell off. Yeah. And that was, that was the end of the rib that was uh, furthest in the smoker. Okay. So it was getting a lot more of the heat. Um, and that's traditionally here in St. Louis is everybody's used to this stuff slathered in barbecue sauce and fall off the bone. It's so tender. It's good. Me personally, um, I kind of come from the approach of like a competition style where you want to have a great bark, the color. Um, when you slice it, it's, it's firm, but moist. But then when you take a bite, you know, your teeth go through the meat and it pulls away from the bone without any effort. 
you know, and then you're looking at it, and like you said, it's the shark bite, like yeah. the surfboard, uh, which I'd never even thought of. That's perfect, and that's that's I where give, I want to give credit to Brad on that one. He's the one that came up with that for us. So uh, barbecue, Brad. Yeah, shout out to him. I mean, there you go. Like we said, I mean, we got to get the two of you together, and we'll be the judges of the <laughs> barbecue contest. Yes. That'd be the best day ever. Yes, it would. <laughs> Guy, you're sitting over there with another bottle. Would you like to? I, I am. Uh, I think I don't know much about this bottle. I'll happily do the cork pop, um, but why don't you tell our listeners about what I'm holding? So it's a hands. Woodford Reserve. Jim, mm-hmm. it's in your basement. It yep. was a uh, pick. Yeah, um, a bunch of the guys uh, on the leadership board of this charity um, that we all volunteer at, uh, put a lot of time in at, they went to Woodford. They did the, what is it, the bourbon? Bourbon Trail. trail? Yeah. yeah. And um, they met with Woodford, and they bought their own barrel. Right. Sampled it, bought it, and that's those are the bottles from it. So, so this year we'll have a different one. So Woodford is always kind of like the – if you say, tell me, describe to me a distillery, Woodford's always the one that people say, like, you got to go there. Like, it's in the rolling fields with all the horse pastures around it. Nice. Like, got the limestone rick houses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's the proof on that one over there? Is it, it 90? Is I think that's what there's. 90.4. Yeah, so about 90 proof. It's a very easy drinking bourbon. A starter bourbon is kind of what a lot of the, the guys cool. call it. It's funny to hear you talk about, like, the barbecue world. Like, there's, you know, those purists and all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing in the bourbon world. Like, I believe it. The guys, like, who are into the hardcore bourbons, all that, they won't touch this anymore. But it's damn good bourbon. Like, I mean, it is... Easy to drink. It's fantastic in a mint julep. I mean, it's nice. I don't know damn why, good. I don't know why anyone wouldn't touch Woodford. That's stupid. Well, and it's funny. One of my wife's coworkers from Louisville, and um, you know, Tracy had mentioned it right after I got so that bought one of those bottles came. We got them Thanksgiving. So after the Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving Day parade. Um, you know, after we did the parade, we all got our bottles, and um, you know, our coworkers like, "Oh yeah, uh, everybody gets their own barrel; it's no big deal." And I'm like, "Huh? Oh, well, piss on my Cheerios! All right, <laughs> thanks a lot." I'm um, like, and "Not a state for the record that not everybody gets their own barrel. You have to have thousands of dollars to get your own." <laughs> Kevin, barrel. do you have your own barrel? I unfortunately do not. I do not either. So, so uh, you tell that friend of yours. Uh, yeah, they I'm, can uh, like, tell oh, him. Tell him he's up. an idiot. <laughs> All right, toity. Here's here's the cork pop. Put it in front of your pop filter. Wow. Yeah, in front of my cork pop filter. Oh, that was so disappointing, dude. Still, you failed. Still not, still not very good. Let's get it closer. There, that was a little better. I'll yeah. edit that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the cork pop from the log of one. Oh. <laughs> So, Jim, if there was something, because you, you've talked about how you want to teach people how to make good barbecue. You want to teach them the same way you've kind of learned and all that kind of stuff, your passion. Yeah. Is there one thing that you would be like, the starting barbecue amateur needs to know, what would that one thing be? Uh, all right, I'll go with 1A. No, pick the right equipment, first off. What do you mean by that? So so a lot of people have Weber's, which is great. Two-zone smoking, 
um, little convection style. Uh, some people have, you know, big green eggs, Kamado Joe's, you know, the Kamado style. Great convection again. Um, you know, heavily insulated, which is great. Insulation is key. Um, but by picking the right equipment, um, you're going to learn the proper flow. You know, the amount of air coming in and then the correct amount of air going out. Um, do you mind if I tease you for one of those? Yeah, yeah. And, Jim, I poured you some of the, the Buffalo Trace pick. What did you think of that? You I liked it. Good. I liked good. it. That was really good. Um, that was the total wine pick. Uh, what year? Is that, 20? that was this year, 2018. 2018. Yeah. Nice. You know, it's funny, uh, total wine, the Elijah Craig as you saw, it was um, Lucas. Lucas, yeah. And when my brother came over, and he was not planning on giving me that bottle, but like I said, left it in the car and in a hot, hot car, um, and it leaked a little bit. I got the bottle, but uh, he goes to Lu- Lucas and just talks with the guys. Yeah, doesn't it? You know, he's like, I've been there when guys come in asking for the special bottle and. You know, they think they're all hoity-toity when they do get them in, and they're like, well, I, I want one because I come in here all the time. And, and the owner's like, I don't care. You're a douche. <laughs> you know, my brother, he's like, I just sit there, and they offer me stuff. Yeah. So stuff like that, when they got it, they text him and said, hey, come on in. We got a bottle for you. Nice. Unfortunately, right after he left here, he went back to get a second one that wasn't left in a hot car where the cork <laughs> leaked. <laughs> but, hey, good for me. And us, did yeah. You, did you have any? I've had it before. Oh, okay, I've cool. Had, I, I've had it before. And it's, See, I know none of it, like, if it's special or anything like that. Um, but, hey, if it's something that people enjoy, it's bottom if line. If you want a good Buffalo Trace pick, yeah. Lucas has one right now. That's incredible. Do they really? Yeah, I just really? got it. Really? What's but that, that's a side note. So you were saying uh, barbecue pits. Knowing you're that's you know this Woodford's not bad for the Pepsi version of a you know of a bourbon right I yeah mean, yep <laughs> the nose on it's really good I like it that's good um I couldn't get my brother to open it over July because he felt so bad he's like you haven't opened it yet so now I'll have to tell him it's open come on up um it. so yeah just pick the right equipment um. But not everybody has the budget. You know, like I said at the beginning, I got started on a $50 Craigslist, you know, POS. Um, but even with that, I was able to smoke pork butts, you know, legs, thighs, wings, all that kind of stuff. And uh, you just kind of got to not be afraid. Um, for me, it was not, not, don't be afraid to have the questions to ask and then find the answers. You know, like I said earlier, I didn't, there wasn't anybody I could ask. Um, so I just sought out the answers and that's why I'd rather not to be arrogant, but hopefully if somebody says, Hey, I want to do a brisket, tell me, you know, coach me, train me, whatever, however you want to label it. But, um, share the knowledge. First off, I got to know what do you, what are you smoking on? Um, and then where are you getting your meat? Because that's what everybody asks me. And if it's not through a farm, through a uh, buddy of mine, Chris Bolliard, owns Bolliard's Meats in Maplewood. Okay. Phenomenal butcher. Spent 10 years at Sydney Street doing a chartreuse. I always butcher this. Chartreuse? 
Uh, I don't even know what that word is, so it, it sounds is, good to me. It is the uh, <laughs> it's the art of truly butchering an animal uh, from nose to tail, wow. you know, wow. and then creating all the specialty meats off of it. So, um, you know, like um, salami bedu, you know, those guys creating those sausages and the dry aged, cured, all that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, I did not realize there was a word for that. Yes, Shoot. it is. Uh, Chris is amazing. Get us his uh, contact info. Shoot, Chris, yeah. Chris Boyard, Boyard Meats, and in, in Maplewood, he he's not cheap at all. Um, but he, but you're paying for quality. But that's the thing. He does a Tuesday night thing. He does a Thursday night smoke, and he, you get on his mailing list, and you get emailed every week. Hey, this is what we got going on. We're we're doing chickens on Tuesday night. On Thursday night, we're smoking brisket, and you know we're doing this and that, and sandwiches, and. Um, but when you go in there and say, Hey man, um, you know, I want to get, you know, a New York strip roast because I want to do the, you know, the little brother of a pork, you know, um, um, not pork, uh, prime rib, you know, he'll be like done, you know, and he'll leave the proper amount of fat on it. He'll get it trimmed to where all you have to do is go and season it and put it on the smoker. Nice. Um, so yeah, Chris has access to all the Missouri farms. That's everything he gets comes through Missouri. That's awesome. Well, that's um, cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I use them as as much as I can when the budget allows. Um, but that's the thing. What are you smoking on? Where are you getting your meat? What meat are you doing? How do you want to prepare it? You know, what do you have in your mind? And that's what I try and ask people: is okay. What do you want? You know, and that's kind of where the idea for creating my own smoker is the guys that are kind of in between the Weber and the gas grill and buying a smoker and having a budget and going, what do I want? Yeah. You know, and the end result is everybody wants to feel like this, you know, the Tim Allen character from Tool Time, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, <laughs> ape, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, men and women. And they want to be able to sit there and say, I put this brisket on the, on the table. I did this pork. I did these ribs, um, tri-tip, whatever. So, you know, it's not gender specific. It's just barbecue specific, Yeah. you know? And if I can lend a piece of advice just through my trial and error for someone, great. That's what I picked up from Aaron Franklin and, you know, different guys from different interviews that I've seen on TV or, uh, Malcolm, um, is it Malcolm Briggs? How to barbecue, right? You know, he's a Mississippi boy lives in Memphis. You know, it's just a lot of tutorials, and it's like I'd like to return the favor that way too. Um, you know, granted, it's going to be one person at a time, so having a YouTube channel, but you know, I got a long life ahead of me, so no rush. Well, Jim. I want to say thank you very much for having what, us over. you want to over. keep it under five hours? I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to save content for other episodes with right. you, you know? Yeah. I mean, but I want to say thank you very much for opening up your home. Uh, to you and Tracy for having us over here tonight. Thank you, guys. Um, for pulling out all these excellent bottles of whiskey, for <laughs> yes. the cigars, for the meat. I mean. Not a problem. For willing to share your knowledge. So thank you very much. If people want to get in contact with you. How can they do that? Uh, b- uh, email is the easiest. Uh, Big Jim at CreightonBarbecue.com. Um, I don't have a website. 
Um, don't have e-commerce. That's why I just want to keep it simple. Somebody's got questions, drop me an email. Uh, if it gets to the point of saying um, get together and check stuff out, sure. Great. Instagram. Oh, yeah. That's how you yeah. and I connected. That's so. right. Yeah, Creighton Barbecue. What is that? Uh, Creighton underscore BBQ? I think so, yeah. 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 We'll put it in our show notes as well. You can check it out there. I'm glad uh, somebody knows what they're doing. I only pretend. All right. <laughs> so do I. Um, so, Jim, we like to end all of our shows. We do this thing called Pick the Week. It okay. can be anything you want. doesn't have to be beer, bourbon, barbecue related. Um, we always joke that it ends up being beer, bourbon, barbecue related. Um, but uh, it ends up normally being something about Star Wars because, you know, Alex and I are big Star Wars nerds, <laughs> you know. Um, but... It can be anything you want, something that just really excites you this week. Um, All right. I'll go out on a limb. All right. And I know Andy Strickland, who I've been friends with for way too long, uh, will probably look at me and say I'm an idiot. But Coach Yo and and Allen do not last through the season. The Blues follow the the path the Cardinals created by saying, ain't going to work. So for our listeners, that means St. Louis Blues head coach Mike Yo and coaching and, staff will not last the season, and goaltending Jake Allen will, will not be here. Will be traded away. And in all fairness to Jake Allen, he should be traded away. The guy needs to get out of this pressure cooker. Yeah, he's been tight cast regardless. They're two and zero oh to start the season. I mean, no, zero oh, and two. No, or, no, I'm sorry, yeah, zero oh, and one two. and one. But yeah. they just with the. The fact that they got rid of Berglund and, and all the dead weight and they brought in really good guys, granted it's going to take time for some of these guys to gel, but right now you look at it and go, it's the same system. Yeah. The power play looks like crap. There's, they're just not playing like they, they should be um, just as a unit. So, yeah, I could see, um, I could see things kind of struggling and, and Tom Stillman saying, yeah. I got to make a change because I got to make money. Yeah, the guy doesn't have endless amounts of money. He's been good for the Blues. He's been and great. I for think the that he will not keep that up. Um, he can't with all the investors. My wife would be happy if they didn't keep that up because she'd be happy with the amount of cursing and yelling at the TV to go down. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Right? Yeah, I, I just, I see that one being one of those that you go. Unfortunately, that's what, yeah, what'll probably happen. And it makes me wonder if Quinville is going to be, get fired in Chicago. Then have the prodigal son return? Is that makes you wonder? It makes you wonder a lot. It makes you wonder. But um, yeah, Chicago wasn't picked to be a playoff team this year, and they look pretty damn good after a couple games. Well, I mean, when you play the Blues, you know, that's the thing. We can't. We can no longer be the Cubs of the yeah. NHL. Yep. Guy, you've got some exciting news over there. Before you do your pick of the week, what's what's your exciting news? Yeah, so exciting news. Uh, Night Hike is, uh, which for those of you that don't know, uh, Night Hike is the band that I am in. Um, me and uh, a buddy started a few years ago. And uh, this past, we dropped our first single last October. Um, and uh, Which is the of, intro and outro music to Sauce and Beer Bar and Barbecue. Yes, and that's actually one of the only, uh, we took it off of Spotify. It's still on iTunes and uh, maybe SoundCloud, some other kind of obscure platforms um but we earlier in the spring uh just did some reevaluating and um kind of are going through a change and brought on uh we brought on two new members 
Steve O'Neill and Stuart Harrier. And uh, so just kind of going through a big, a lot of growing pains. And uh, this summer started uh, started recording a lot. And uh, so I'm doing all the production for us now. And uh, October 11th, which is this coming Thursday, this podcast will probably be out after the single is dropped. But uh, either way, you should go check it out. Um, we are Night Hike, uh, two words, on Spotify. And the single is called Bows, B-O-W-S. And it is the first of eight that will drop. Um, we're going to drop one single a month until May, and then we'll drop an album. So, uh, yeah, go follow us on... Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for sure, but definitely, like, more importantly, if you have to pick one, follow us on Spotify. Um, yeah, so we're excited. We're going to start playing shows here. I'm not going to, I don't know. Hope, soon. Ho- hopefully soon. soon. Yeah, winter. Uh, need a few Need a few months to work out some technical kinks, but really excited about um, getting some getting some new music out to people and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy couple of months for us so uh yeah excited to have you guys support over here and um hopefully the listeners of beer bourbon and barbecue so so my pick of the week though hmm my pick of the week well i'll be honest it was uh it almost changed with that log of and 16 tonight i was not expecting to have that this week but i'm gonna stick to what my plan was um my pick of the week is a uh, is a Rocky Patel 10th anniversary and McAllen 15. Damn. Yeah, paired. Paired those two. Real, real good. Um, enjoyed both of those outside with, uh, with Michael Cutler at a bonfire outside my house. We just drank scotch and smoked cigars and sat by fire, and it was real good. So... Uh, shout out to Captain Cutler if he's listening. So, cool. Yep, that's my pick of the week. My pick of the week is the Iron Mule in Ironton, Missouri. Um, just went down to Ironton a couple weekends ago. Uh, great bar. Give a shout out to them. Uh, they were excited to hear about the podcast. So, shout out to Wade and all his guys down there. Um, Jim, they have a barbecue competition festival thing mid June. Ironton, nice. Missouri. Nice. Maybe we might see you down there. Maybe. Be a fun time. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the Iron Mule. Um, if you're ever in Ironton doing any of the rafting on the Black River or the St. Francis, definitely go check them out. Um, good food, good beer, good people. So, uh, Jim, again, thank you very much for opening up your home, uh, for sharing all your delicious barbecue with us, for just – Educating our listeners, um, we're definitely going to have you back on. Cool. You can teach us some more things uh, about barbecuing and all that. Guy, thanks for filling in tonight. Absolutely. Uh, We'll give a shout-out to Alex. Um, He just moved into a new house and all that, so life's crazy for him. So, (laughs) Alex, shout-out to you. You missed a hell of a night, but we'll we'll do it again. We'll drink some whiskey for you. Yes. (laughs) So, on that note... uh, Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Sauce on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. Check out our Etsy shop, uh, www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Get some awesome uh, T-shirts. They help support our podcast. And we hope that you stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.